0: Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listen on discretion advised. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and gamers of all ages.
1: Exactly one ladies and one gentleman.
0: Hey! <laughs> This is better than Spocon still. Yeah, it is. Wait, wait, did you just assume their gender? I did. He did. Welcome to the Blunt Force Gamers Podcast, where we are live at RadCon for the opening of Season 4.
1: 2020, bitches.
0: The Roaring Twenties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this guy's got the right idea with a top hat.
0: Oh, yes. Hell yeah, I love that top hat, dude.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I am Game Goblin, as always. OG from Season 1. I'm here with...
2: Cazergan, the Lord Dragon, also from this first season.
1: The moniker coming to you live from his first Spokon. Oh God, <laughs> Radcon! I've you. Radcon twenty twenty. Radcon. I'm sorry. Radcon eight. Radcon eight. You're Next. Bad. You know that I already fucked it up. Podcast over. Hail to the dark side, I am Darth
3: Blasphemous, the OG, Season 1, and Radcon 6, B. welcome.
0: Alright, so, now that we've got three good intros and one bad one... I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are doing our normal thing, and uh, for our audience, we are going to do Q&A a little bit later. What we normally do on our podcast is we will open up with a topic... And we will dive right into that topic. So normally it's a gaming-themed topic, such as, is Blizzard screwing up? Or yes. gaming tips for D&D? Or better ways to play it. It's your magic game. And you know what? Unlike a certain somebody from a panel earlier, I already figured out our uh, topic this time around is going to be kind of humility. What we're going to do is pay it forward to someone else who has inspired us to raise our game. So instead of advertising how awesome we are which I can do anytime I want I'm going to pay it forward to another gamer who had taught me that sometimes going full tilt power gaming is not the way to go. Is it the moniker? No it is not the moniker. Damn it. No. (laughs) So that's our opening topic and after we get into our topic that's kind of the set the groundwork so if you guys want to come up and add in your own after we open the microphone to the floor go ahead but if you want to ask us a gaming question have a Want to do a shout-out to a friend? Have a topic of your own? Anything. It'll be an open mic, so if you just walk up and scream, garble gook, I love you, George, <laughs> I'm cool with it. It's an open forum. So I'm going to open up with a gentleman I met at a LARP, and I'm going to refer to him by his character name because we do not use our real names on this podcast for reasons.
2: You'll find out as you listen to us.
0: Yeah, we, we cuss. A lot and get rage but uh, this gentleman I will refer to him by his character of Steinbach who was playing a Nosferatu and normally Nosferatu in the World of Darkness campaign setting are nasty surly ugly dudes who are information gatherers this Steinbach however I didn't get it at first he would sit down much like anybody in a room would do and play with a Vajra Uh, anybody familiar with the Vajra okay we got one guy who knows what a Vajra is plus one internet to you (laughs) <laughs> yes! And he would sit there and play with it and sit in the corner just play with the Vajra and be completely unassuming just sit there and of course this is Lark Lark gets kind of boring and you kind of do the social butterfly thing and mingle around because it's not always combat and there was Steinbach always sitting with one chair open to his side playing with his Vajra and you could walk up and talk to him about anything like he was some sort of guy you could just let your problems out on he was very open and welcoming, and of course, Navarjo was that opener. You know, like, he's got an interesting object. They were not very common back then. So, as he's playing with it, you walk up and you'd be like, Oh, can I look at that? Oh, this is neat. It reminds me of this. And he sits there and he plays with it, and the whole time, he's listening. That's it. Not a combat character, not a social butterfly or anything, but he was a confidant. And then one day, it clicked with me. I'm like, he is so clever. Everybody just walks up and hands him information for free. He's holding this little trinket in his hand as a lure. And when you walk up and you take the bait and you sit down, he smiles and nods at you. He's listening, yes, but he's looking for those juicy nuggets of information he can sell off to other Nosferatu. And I'm like, this dude is just legit. So Steinbach helped me raise my game because at this point I was still like in my power gamer phase It was all about big numbers and big guns and big disciplines vampire powers. Yay And here's this unassuming Nosferatu I realized could probably topple the entire domain just by selling off a few secrets of what people gave him for free (laughs) (laughs) So I'm paying it forward to Steinbach because this guy gave me a great example of excellent passive roleplay I will give the next one to the moniker because you screwed up earlier. This is your chance to redeem yourself all
1: right, I'm paying it forward to a gamer who's influenced me, huh? Yes. All right, gamer who's influenced me. Um, well, <laughs> first of all, to sound like a sap, I'm going to say you guys. Oh, it's true. Um, but you know what? Uh, who I really want to give a shout out to, um, is Brony. Brony, oh, yeah. yeah, really, yeah. Honest to God, I want to give a shout out so to this is
3: Brony before the Brony situation.
1: Um, before it got bad. Yeah. Um, the thing not going to get into his stuff. But, if it hadn't been for Brony, I mean, I probably wouldn't have gotten into MTG, and thus I wouldn't have found our local game shop where i met all of you guys. So, it's because of him I kind of um... Would, here today. Yeah, that I'm here today. Like, if I really want to be, uh... get down to the nitty gritty about it. And wherever Brony is right now, if you're listening, dude, hope you're doing well.
3: Wow, so on, on that
1: thing,
0: then I owe uh, Angel... Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Kaz, Blasphemous, you guys get to fight over the next one. Yeah. Go on, I'll take finals.
3: Alright.
2: It is a rarity to find a player who can actually play the quiet character well. And I think, very much despite her extremely voluminous and boisterous nature, like, very loud, very quick, almost, like... Have to remind her inside voices, please. Sort of boisterous, but she plays this character who is not mute, but damn close because she just doesn't talk. And it's like Armin, you know, the player of Armin. And if she's listening, she'll know who she is, Um, or for that matter, our buddies over at Purple Hippo will know. Um, Shout out to
0: Purple Hippo, Purple Hippo, Purple Hippo,
2: because you know, Twitch streaming and Magic the Gathering. There you go. Um, Armin is an interesting character because Armin's a dru- an elf druid a little bit of a hmm, tree fetish? Specific tree. Fetish. Oh, a literal tree hugger. A literal, a tree humper.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, he said the word fetish. Remember. <laughs> she, she, uh, you're saying she likes a nice knobby tree, huh? Uh,
0: Armin's a dude. Dude, I, I know this is the <laughs> beginning of season four, and we've reset some things, but the Shota quota is this high, and you're passing it real quick.
1: Oh, God.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if a Shota can be, you know, 400 years old, but carry on. The, it's it's amazing to have me. Have you that not can... seen anime? <clears throat> you gonna gonna let me finish, or do I have to hate you?
1: You can finish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so get am damn close. Just, just go, 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 go. Um, it's I'm, impre- I'm truly impressed by the way Armin is and interacts with that group because Armin is a quiet character, but the person who plays them is not, hmm. and it's a very interesting thing to watch that dynamic switch and to see, you know, a quiet character played in a way that fits a quiet character, not a player who's not good at RP, and it's kind of an awesome thing to see but I think that one's my inspiration, and they're pretty recent, so... Blasphemous,
3: your ball. All right, so a gamer that inspired me to up my game to be all that I could be. Uh, that really falls in a pretty wide margin for me, because I took a lot from different people. Uh, but I'd have to say the one who really, really got me to be a better, a better gamer. The moniker. No. Dude, close, but... <laughs> Surprisingly enough, the Fatimus. I gotta give it up to Fatimus if it wasn't for all those hundreds of hours I put into MX, the Power Gamers Fantasy Power Game. If it wasn't for all of that and working with the dumbest people, seeing the gamers I didn't wanna be. And I love all <laughs> you guys, if any of our friends are still listening. Um but some of the stuff that happened in the game was just so dumb and I've done a lot of it too. But just gaming with you guys, when we were able to freeze time and I was a super speedster and just made it to where I was basically going max speed to go regular speed in the time freeze, we got more done in 10 minutes of gaming that way than I think the whole rest of the group in a year. Hmm. And it was just one of those things where I saw that if you just accomplish your mission, bam, the rest of the game keeps going. You can get to that next chapter. You're not... Oh, we keep having to fight this dragon, but Jimmy over there keeps wanting to, you know, kick it in the nads, and then Terry over there is already measuring the wings to make a cloak. You know, it's just one of those things where it taught me where you've got to go, like, all right, mission's got to be done, I'm going to do the mission. I'm not going to do dumb stuff, that's for later, after the mission. Dumb stuff is in between, that's filler, that's when you're in the dragon, uh, red dragon inn, drinking, gambling, and fighting. That's when dumb shit's supposed to happen. Everything else, you got to be like, all right, we're getting it done. Like, mm-hmm. fun can happen, but... You can't go in thinking, oh, I'm just going to have a bunch of fun, and oh, I'm going to backstab everybody, and oh, I'm going to become the god character. No, that's the stuff I learned not to do. But thanks to the Fatimus running hundreds of hours of a session over the course of a year even, because he does it all the time, 72 hours straight gaming, all that stuff. He got me basically put through 10 years of anyone else's gaming, unless they're still a kid and in school, where we just constantly gamed. And he really helped me become the better player.
1: Right on
2: and you know the negative can be just as much a good influence as the positive so it's it's interesting to see that and pretty cool too
0: yeah absolutely and if you ever want more negative in your games i can play a wizard no you were a sorcerer in that game i can play a sorcerer too it doesn't matter i'll still destroy your world by level 3
1: He's not joking like, no. He's really
2: not. Like we It's seen, funny. He's I've made... seen little skip snippets of this, and I'm like, why are you allowed
3: dice anymore? <laughs> okay, this guy creates orbital death platforms for fun. By level five. By level five. And lit- has literal mathematicians crunch the numbers for him, who are also our nerdy friends. And they're like, yeah, you just destroyed the universe and created a new nebula, and that's all that exists in reality now. But his greatest achievement, the thing he loves the most, is his dirt cannon, because he can just make dirt and turn a desert into farmland in a year. Uh,
0: It's not a weapon! I finally created something that's not a world-shattering weapon! It's awesome! (laughs) (laughs) Agricultural revolution. We need farmland! I got you covered! For a change!
3: This guy created an ICBM in d over 500 gold pieces. He killed an entire kingdom because of 500 gold pieces.
0: Yeah. They owed him money. He, they, t- he came to collect. Nobody is going to give me a shout out like, hey, you know, that Game Goblin guy really helped me up my power gaming fantasy to the point where I destroy D&D games wherever I go. But if somebody ever does, uh, I'll own them. <laughs> I mean, I'll own it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I didn't want to, you know.
3: Hey, why not both? I have to move up in the podcast that way. Yeah, porque
0: no los dos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned earlier, and we got some new additions in the room. So hey, better than Spokane again. We're not playing to an empty room. I love you, people. <laughs> Air hug. <laughs> yeah, they were there. Yeah, right <laughs> on. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to open up the mics for anybody who wants to step up, ask us any gaming questions, pay it forward to somebody else who uh, helped them out up their game. And it looks like Blasmus is going to volunteer his microphone if anybody wishes what? to step up and say anything. Come on, we will not you. I promise. Oh, the guy with the hat. Awesome sauce. All right. I just hold it by at the bottom there.
1: Uh, Who was the first person
0: that got you guys into gaming? Got us into gaming. Oh, that is a good question, sir. Well done. Another internet for you. (laughs) Yes, I'll be level 10 before the end of the show. (laughs) Yes, you will. You're working your way there fast. Yeah. Come join us. Um, I actually have to think about this one, considering my old age. Uh, brain hurts. Uh, Monica, you start. You're 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 the youngest. We're gonna me, go young to old.
1: Me, uh, who got me into gaming? Um, ooh, boy. You know, I, I'd have to say once again that it was probably Brony, because I mean I, I'd always played video games since I was a kid, but I, uh, in terms of like tradition, more traditional gaming like tabletop and stuff like that. Brony was the one who, it it was a weekend, he came over, he had a pack, um, two starter decks of MTG, and he showed them to me, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I mean, I had played Yu-Gi-Oh! years before, I'm like, is it kind of like this? And he's like, no, no, it's not. So, um, yeah, we played a couple games, and just from there I was hooked. Uh, A couple days later, I went out and got my first uh, starter deck, and then from there, him, Judge, and I, um... We started uh, driving around town just looking for places to get good cards and stuff. Um, And that's how we stumbled upon, purely by accident, our LGS. And so I I think it really comes down to Brony. In terms of who got me started there.
3: And I think, Kaz, you're younger than me by only a few months, right? By actual age, but you're you're newer to the gamer circuit. Oh, I didn't know we were going by gaming age. Yeah, um, oh, whatever. I'll go right, next. I just wanted to check, see if you wanted to we're go. We're gamers. We'll just make some stuff up and win later. There we go. <laughs> uh, for me, first time really getting into, like, D&D stuff, I'd have to go with my buddies, uh, Josh and Linda. You know, I haven't seen either of them in quite a while, but... They are just like, hey, you want to sit down and play some uh, uh, Pathfinder? And that was the first time I'd ever rolled dice that way. Um, The Fatimus got me into power gaming. MTG was uh, Buddy Angel. Um, He was just like, hey, come and check out this shop. And it was pre-released Theros. And I'm like, oh my god, Theros is the shit because I love Greek culture. And um, yeah, that's how Magic split off for me. And now I've gone a year without playing because it's
1: expensive. (laughs) <laughs> very expensive you're yes. telling that to someone on the panel who's a 40k fan <laughs> oh,
3: yeah you still lose to Star Wars
0: shut it you mate. oh <laughs> shots fired shots fired
1: uh, oh, oh and it sound. would not be a
0: blunt force gamers podcast without some odd noises in the background thank you gentlemen for providing yes
3: <laughs> I think they brought ice to the wrong room but either way
0: uh, yeah, they, they'll figure they, it they, they out. probably think it's for the party upstairs
2: you know what? Yeah. It'll get solved. They don't
3: need it. Alright, so yeah. Kaz, bring it home.
2: So... For general gaming, you know, various video games, it was my dad. He like, he... I was super young. You know, barely a wealth. And I was, you know, dad had set up a little computer in one of the rooms and he had set up some of those learning books games on it. And I could just mess around with those. And and then, over time, I sort of picked up card games, like I wound up picking up Cribbage very, very young, and mom te- mom swears to the- by all that is holy that it's what taught me math. The Pokemon trading card game taught me to read and comprehend, and, you know, it kind of kept going on. Uh, my buddy Trey gave me, got me into uh, magic, and my buddy Clayton got me into d d and it just sort of took off from there. Both of those were in junior high, high school era. Something like that. It's, I've been a gamer ad infinitum, almost. It's It feels like.
1: Well, it sounds like you got an actual gamer in your blood, so. Yeah, I mean,
2: dad would play games, and one of my favorite times was sitting, sitting down next to him
0: as he's playing a game and just watching. I see. Okay, um, I'm going to... Of course, we're a politically incorrect podcast, and the first time I got into gaming is a politically incorrect story, so if anybody is easily offended, prepare to throw your shoes here soon. Uh, Please avoid the mics. Please avoid the mics, they're expensive. (laughs) Uh, The first person that got me into gaming, uh, ironically enough, was at a convention, DreamCon 9, in Everett, Washington. And it was my first convention, my old man, he's like, hey, you should go to a convention, it's a lot of fun, you'll see a bunch of freaky stuff, and you can go to panels and see art and all sorts of stuff. And I went there and I'm like, wow, role playing! I've tried this before and it's always sucked. But hey, you know, you do with what you got, you got no budget at that point, and people are just making stuff up. And I go there and there's this thing called a LARP what's a LARP? I think to myself. And that was a stupid question to ask myself because I still hate LARP. But anyway, (laughs) I'm like, what's a LARP? So I go there and I'm like, I'm going to join a LARP. This will be fun. And the head GM at the time is a gentleman named Matthew, very tall. And everybody who knows me knows tall people freak me out. So here's a guy, like, easily three heads over me, skinny as a twig, with long hair. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. We'll we'll roll you up a character. And I found character creation super easy. And I'm like, all right, I can walk into this. This is nice. And we get into a room similar to about this room that we're in now, about four times larger. It's got some theater seating in it. And he stands up front. And he's like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to start the vampire game. We made sure your character sheets are made, they're checked, they're done, they're ready. You guys can go out there and start gaming. And I noticed we've got some female players in the audience, so no sexist comments, please. First thing shouted out without missing a beat, somebody goes flat foot. And then somebody else follows up, Kitchen! And the entire rest of the con, all of us who were involved in that LARP, when we were out of character, we would walk past each other going, LARP, 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 kitchen, LARP, 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 sandwich, LARP, 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 flatfoot, LARP, 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 pregnant. So, And of course the gals were in on this, so they were just throwing it right back into the skies. And I was like, this is amazing. Not only am I playing a game, but I'm meeting absolute strangers, and we're sharing an inside joke. And we barely know each other over the course of a day, and that kind of camaraderie that you can walk into almost instantly... I was hooked. So, yes sir, to answer your question, Matthew was my first inspiration and even 25 years later there are days where I walk around at a convention going, LARP, 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 <laughs> LARP, LARP, LARP. So that's what you were mumbling earlier. That's what I was mumbling earlier because I saw LARPers and just had to.
1: Okay,
3: nice. You know nice. I, you've been telling the same story for as long as I've known you and I think you got to adjust your dates because you were saying 25 years ago, 5 years ago. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He's our resident grave. He'll I figure slept, it out.
0: I slept how many hours over the past week? Come on.
3: I, you just got to turn off the power No, tools. No, this
0: was DreamCon. Okay, so this was like uh, 93. Jesus. DreamCon 9 was around 93, 94, somewhere in that range. Uh, so almost, He's got his math right.
3: Yeah, almost 30 years because that's 27, 26 yeah, yeah. So, so let me round close. up.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's get let's go back to our studio audience here because we actually have one, and I love you guys. Woo! Yeah. Anybody right. else have a question? Anyone else?
3: Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go we and get you from there.
1: Oh, let me just no, say, dude, that is an awesome hoodie. I like that hoodie. Oh, thanks, bro. Yeah. So, like, I'm a, I'm more of like a console gamer. I'm a total pleb. I have no clue what even D and D is.
2: If you guys had to describe it in like a sentence or less, could you sum it up?
3: Absolutely. I mean, wait, wait, I got this one. Oh, I got this dear. Okay. You came to the right people. All right, this is what it is. Create a character. Make it as close to you as you want or as far away from you as you want. From there, you roll dice. Your numbers take other numbers to remove their numbers so you get more numbers in the XP type. From there, you get more numbers, get bigger numbers to kill other numbers to get more numbers.
0: That's more than a sentence. There's so many there's com- a lot of commas. There's there. a lot of commas there. <laughs> I would have to say it is improvisational. Interactive storytelling
2: with dice. Yeah, and it's it's a game of
3: that's more than a sentence. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, you um, sentence. wait? Did we say American sentence or Canadian sentence?
0: <laughs> if it's a Canadian sentence. We got to add like three extra words to it. W- what's the value now of a Canadian
1: sentence? <laughs> yeah, it's about half an American sentence. Okay,
2: <laughs> half again. Oh, sure. right. yes. um, D&D is a collaborative storytelling game with dice a little bit of math and a whole lot of
1: fun uh, I mean you guys have pretty much summed it up so well, I'm not sure what more I could add that would actually sound unique it's you know you got your narrator who kind of keeps you on track
3: narrator, GM, storyteller uh, DM,
0: Games operations
3: director. There's so many different titles. The important thing is you got the guy who's running shit, the guys who play shit. Everyone has a good time together. And it's human interaction so people can't yell at you for being, you know, living in a freaking dumpster, not like, uh, contributing to humanity. You're like, I hang out with people, we have fun. Yeah. Me.
1: But you know, <laughs> let, me, let me try and put this in one sentence from my perspective and my experience. Um, A great way to make new friends and meet new people under the umbrella of a cool fantasy story. That's how I would describe it.
3: Although, well, a little advice, if you're looking to get in a DD. and
1: d Semicolon with dice.
3: <laughs> if you're looking to get in a D&D, remember, in D&D modern, C4 only has a blast radius of 10 feet. So good. <laughs> this is a little bit of an inside gag.
0: It is an inside gag, and this is-, this is one of those areas where I get in there and I look at the rules, and either I go, what the hell is wrong with these writers? Don't they know how demolitions work? What science... Or I look at the rules and I'm like, how can I weaponize this? Uh, oh.
1: <laughs> how can I weaponize a out.
0: leotard and a block of cheese? Give me time. I will figure it out.
1: <laughs> you're He's an orc. serious.
0: He's really serious about
1: uh, this. I swear to Christ, you're an orc mech boy. <laughs> Give me the shiny gubbins, I'll make something for you. <laughs>
0: Have
3: lots of daca.
0: <laughs> lots of daca. <laughs>
3: Remember, goblin engineering is the thing you want in your game. (laughs) (laughs) But another good thing is think about what system you want to play. Right now you've got 5E, which is very user-friendly. Pick it up and play. You've got, uh, from Attention Span Games, our buddies downstairs, uh, they still have Carmine on the shelves. I have a couple books of that. they got Laser Metal. If you want to try it, pick up Laser Metal, uh, uh, D&Dizzle, or their newest one, which I can't remember the name and those are just pocket RPGs you pull them out you have a pair of D6 most people have D6 you can roll that um, Pathfinder I love I I haven't really gotten into Pathfinder 2nd Edition Pathfinder Pathfinder's big it's complete now since they moved on and there's a lot more in-depth buildings that's more of a mid to high grade if you're wanting to get like super my character is going to chop down a tree that chops down the goblin that chops down the orc next door um, but if you want to just be like yo I'm a bard who just like does spoken word rap and can be all fucking badass Pathfinder can get you there too
2: yeah it's the thing about Pathfinder is it's a very flexible system but it is also very number crunchy
1: yeah.
0: versus like D&D 5e is much more streamlined you want to get number crunchy there's a game out there called Rollmaster. Uh, now no. you get number crunchy. And when pl- you're playing Rollmaster, you can actually die during character creation. Not you yourself, but your character can die. You're like, I'm gonna random roll my character and they're dead. Uh, and then if you a really want to get up again. there,
3: there's GURPS. Uh what else was there? Your your big one
0: with thirty books you need to
3: make one wizard?
0: Um one wizard.
3: Riffs? Oh, uh yeah, riffs. No, no, riffs
0: where... is uh to make a decent power character that will smoke everybody else. I need a, m- a minimum of six books. I need the Big Book of Boom. I need Triax and the NGR. I need the Ultimate Book of Magic. I need uh, the Core rule book, of course. I need, on top of that, the Federation of Magic book, and I need World Book number two, uh, three, Atlantis.
3: And that's just so he can make it an awesome character. He's also made a character that at level one was immune to everything except fire, and he took half damage on that.
0: Oh, that was in Vampire the Masquerade. Ha- took half damage from fire song. and sunlight and had six dice of auto-soak. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag here. <laughs> I'm just saying that when, when I get bored and I look at these numbers, I'm like, can I make it work? And that's, that's usually where my power gaming side comes in. As I look at the numbers, I'm like, can I make it work? And then I accidentally do and I feel really dirty and I have to take a shower afterwards and then burn the character sheet, roll around in the ashes, and <laughs> snort them. That's usually how we feel
1: after one of, uh, session of gaming with you as a GM, dude.
0: Yes. True, <laughs> like, true. You snort your character sheets when I'm done burning them? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> and then remember, You've trained them
0: well.
1: Afterwards, friends, I absorb their go powers. To
3: your, go to your local uh, game store. There's probably a bulletin board where you can be like, hey looking to game with people wanting to play these systems new fng someone teach me please and you can someone find will that. pick
2: you up someone will take you to under their wing and help you into the group
0: yeah ironically as it is uh here the moniker and Darth Blasphemous were all former customers at a game store that I was running
2: uh huh this is the same LGS that we've been referencing
0: yeah the Just- same LGS i was a partner there at the business for 5 years these guys would come in Kazarkan was running a game, and eventually he started coming up to me and going, Hey, my players, I need an idea. And then Blasphemous became my padawan after that. And now I have the moniker who I'm <laughs> Sith Lord. Corrupting. I'm corrupting. <laughs> but yeah, people will take you on your. your uh, they will go, and hey, yo. Know, you're excited that's pretty much what you really need is to be excited and interested in the game setting so if you're interested in dark gritty futuristic stuff cyberpunk is your thing and if you're interested in that and you show enthusiasm once the people in the game store get to know that you're the guy looking for a cyberpunk game you can put your number up on the board or you can ask around Nine times out of ten, somebody will approach you and you can get into a conversation about it and you will learn so much and one day your brain will just... Yeah, <laughs> oh. like,
1: the, the stereotype about, you know, um, people who play D&D or just, like, role-playing games in general being, you know, basement dwellers who don't socialize, totally not true. Like, honestly, some of the most sociable people I've met are gamers, you know, and, like, also just the most, you know, open to uh, new people and to having them over... Uh, around their table it's it's great it yeah. really is
3: yeah, uh, another good. thing when you go to play for your first time if you're gonna play a druid you do not want to free all the animals okay <laughs> do not be that druid if you're gonna play a wizard just don't be the guy who when it gets to your turn you gotta go wait i've got a spell for this
0: that that is wi- your stuff the, uh yeah that is classic wizard role play you'll be sitting at the game table and it's not just D D, dude uh, I've seen it in Rifts. I've seen it in Call of Cthulhu. Seen it in Mage. I've seen it in Mage. It'll come to the wizard's turn. And he's got five books in front of him. He's like, I got a spell for this. Hold on. And he's like, Please don't it, be that guy. It's kind of like watching the wizard's duel in the second Conan movie where they have the wizard's duel. And he's like, N-n-n-n. he's looking for the spell and Conan has to wait. <laughs>
3: you
0: know, and, Hold on, Conan. I have a spell. N-n-n-n.
3: Yeah. And I mean, another good thing for anyone. This is just general gaming etiquette. If you have the ability to copy the pages where you need stuff or you have good penmanship and can write it all down, get a just a regular line notebook or some sheets of paper you can staple together and write down fully all of your spells, all of your stuff, so you have a reference book for that one character. Even if the character dies, you can always just, oh, I'm going to go play this other game, it's the same system, see if they'll let me play this character I was. Maybe you get to level up, maybe you scale it back down a few levels. But you can keep a character and keep all those notes if you really want to.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I would say that on the note of characters, you know, have an idea going in what you're wanting to be. If you're wanting to be, you know, Mr. Fisticuffs or, you know, the archer dude or the mage, the cleric, the healer. Take your
3: poison. There's plenty of it. Sneaky, stabby. Clerics yes, sneaky. aren't healers. No, clerics are powerhouses and should completely be banned sometimes. <laughs> yeah,
1: clerics. Lightning
3: bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Or you can always become a paladin and everyone can taste your smite. <laughs> if you can't tell, we've been watching a whole lot of those
2: crap-guided DADs. And they're I highly hilarious. recommend Smite. They're hilarious and deceptively informative for their comedic value yeah so that's a good place to start um and then just go out find people
3: it's pretty much what you got to do and don't worry about the high price of books or anything if you're joining a your group as new usually you can borrow books while you're at the table um I usually try to have two or three copies of at least the core book that way if people come in and are like hey I want to do a thing they can sit on a book and we have one to pass around the table and I have one to back reference rules
0: or pass around the table as well. Let's so let's do a hypothetical, that. all right? Since since you're uh are you interested in role playing? You you want to get into it? I have a couple of friends who are into it I like it. All right, so we're going to do a hypothetical here. I am um, The GM, you've come to the local game store, we've we've discussed that you have interest in playing uh, Dungeons & Dragons in my game. What's the first character that comes to mind that you want to play? Hell yeah. Yeah. Taste that smite? Taste the smite. Yeah, paladins are okay, but I can smoke them in spades. But, you know, hey, you gotta start somewhere. It's better than rogue who steals from the rest of the party member.
1: Never be that rogue. Never
0: be that rogue.
1: (laughs) No one cares about your edgy backstory.
0: Now, one of the things that new players will do, like you said paladin, so based from what you're on, uh, saying with paladin, and I'm just gonna go on a limb here a little bit, and you're wearing a Nintendo uh, hoodie, so I'm guessing your paladin might be kinda like a Samus type. Uh, I was thinking more like a Crusader type. More like a Crusader type of okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, even he joined in So that's proof that we go the
0: right way uh, The reason I'm pulling up this hypothetical Because in a lot of cases And as a new player you might encounter this A lot of new players You draw your first character from your inspiration And unfortunately some people Seem to draw the same inspiration From a hack writer Who writes about Blueberry colored elves Who mope around all the time I'm not going to mention names You hack. However, this character has been cloned so many times that it has become a meme. (laughs) However, if it is your first character when you come into a game, you get gratis. Because when you're making your first character, your first two characters, even your first third character, you're drawing from inspiration that is outside the realm of D&D. Like, if you want to play a Skyrim-type character, you're like, my character's a Nord... People might groan inside, but they're going to be like, hey, new player, you're going to get forgiveness. You're going to get newbie forgiveness. Because you're drawing from outside the knowledge of what's in the core books. You're drawing from the inspiration that you have. So even if you play a mopey blueberry-colored elf, (laughs) you hack. (laughs) All I got to say is you will get forgiveness if you do that. We had a player do that. Everybody was razzing him. I'm like, look, dude, this is the books you read. This is the character you like this is your starting point but later on down the line you are going to branch out you're going to find something else that's going to be in your groove you may decide like you personally may decide you don't like paladins you might want to go a cleric who follows a god that allows you to carry a sword you know you might find yourself going a uh, battle mage you might find later on down the line that you still have the same core concept but another class combination fits what you want to do and that is totally fine even if your first character Doesn't really seem to fit in with everybody else's ideas. Forgiveness. You're gonna get it. Alright, so let's open it back up. Yeah, open it back up. Anyone else? Anything else? Anybody? I dare the gentleman in the back to stand up. I dare him. I dare (laughs) him.
1: Because
0: he is the only man in the room who rivals my mustache at the moment. (laughs) I mean, you got a beard. You win automatically, but when it comes to when it comes to mustache wars. uh Huh? Yeah. Or, oh, 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 wait, oh,
1: we got a double. We got a double here. That has a question. So I just started the DMing three games. I'm an idiot. Three yeah, games yeah. for the first time. What are some DMing tips for D&D that you guys have?
3: Uh,
2: well, we got a whole bank of this
3: stuff. We'll, okay, <laughs> um, may I refer to you to seasons 1 through 3. Yeah,
0: we <laughs> you can, can refer- find us on Podbean. Yeah, you can find us on Podbean. On the card. Uh, we have 72 episodes you can listen to. That's 72 hours of educational infotainment. I'll
3: take a reader's digest.
0: Uh me. but in the convinced <laughs> version for what you're doing right now, yes, at least you have the foresight and self-actualization to realize running 3 games <laughs> is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Plus one internet. Yes. Yes. At three now. Three now. Uh, for running multiple games, though, and especially if they're all the same game system, mm-hmm. you are already figuring out it's it confusing as mm-hmm. all. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> what you're going to want to do, and this is what I would do if I was in your situation, is I would go down to the local copy store, mm-hmm. buy three separate peachy binders, mm-hmm. and put. This world in this binder, that world in that binder, and just down the line. Already so your it. notes are already <laughs> separated. There you go. You're, you're already on the winning curve there. Right. And all of your notes need to be separated because there will be a time where you will sit down and, you not review, and, of course, review your notes beforehand. Because I have done it where I sit down at the game table and I'm like, all right, gentlemen, you've just exited the Shire of the Dragon Cult after slaying them and... Wait. God, oh, I don't uh, remember a dragon cult. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I recognize now that three of my players are not actually fighters in a wizard. This is the wrong group. So, <laughs> beforehand, make sure your mind is on the game by reviewing your notes firsthand, because otherwise you'll make that playable. And try to make your games as different as, as possible, like storyline wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, make them wildly divergent. Make like one an exploration of morality. Uh, make another one where it's just a kill fest. Make another one where it's a dungeon crawl. Make them separate from each other in such a way that when you sit down at the table, you're not crossing the streams of NPCs. Because even though you got the notes, an NPC may accidentally slip out of one world into another. Yeah, you've you discovered that? Yep, yep. Ah, there you go. I have one of my own DCs I control that. Yeah, yeah, the hopscotching NPC. Uh, But for the formula, I would say make your different game worlds divergent slightly. That way, when you are playing one world, it's less confusing and you don't get it mixed up with another world. It's very similar.
3: All right, I got one real quick. So the best thing I've found, and it's advice I was given from these guys, convince one of your players to become the Documancer, where they take the end-of-game notes... That way, they, they do have some monochrome power, but you just got to make sure it's all correct. Mm-hmm. But it also takes a little bit of the burden off of you, and it it gives that one player who's always taking notes and always writing everything down, it also gives them more recognition within the party. Because then they're like, all right, we're going to sit down and game. documenter. what do we got? And you can like give them a little badge or something, you know, just to give some recognition. Prop. So it yeah. gives you both less to do and gives a player some props.
2: And as a you know, as a tag on to this, what you can do is if they key in on the wrong points, run with it. They're that's where their focus is. It's like, ha, huh, that's writing I don't have to do.
0: Yeah, we actually discussed this at a panel yesterday. Like, if you're doing like your your villain in one game, the players are coming out with all these weird conspiracy theories about what's going on with the storyline. Take notes behind the scenes without them knowing. And then suddenly their conspiracy theories are actually proving true, and they'll be like, oh, huzzah, we were right!
3: I swear it was a Mind Flayer running the Great Kingdom and all along! What do you know? That's right, (laughs) it's
0: a Mind Flayer anti-paladin riding a Beholder mount.
3: (laughs) And his follower is an awakened rust monster.
0: I believe now they call those a... Not a carbonation monster, but that'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the Fanta Beast. The Fanta Beast. No, no, no. no, no now they're oxida- uh, oxidation beasts. Not rust monsters. Why? Copyright.
2: Okay. All right. That one I can get. I can understand that. It's still dumb, but I can
0: understand it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um. Yeah. You Whale know. snails. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. I just... Okay, remember, if your GM ever throws out the monster known as giant slugs or flail snails at you, just throw your over-salted rations at them and laugh maniacally as you rake in the XP. (laughs) Release the salted pork. (laughs) Salted pork at the trebuchet. Go! (laughs)
2: It's really true, though. Um, I would say for running three games, it would be key in on what each group is doing and like listen to your players. They will do, you know, a good quarter to half or more of your writing for you if you just listen and take notes. And that will help you because doing three worlds in three different directions is already taxing enough.
0: You don't need more stuff to write it's absolutely true yes (laughs) and when you are writing stories don't try to hardline your players into like a certain specific set of tasks will accomplish the goal because trust me one of your players will decide to knock over a fire hydrant which breaks the circle of summoning which will then not make it so the demon can be sent back to the pits that it came from and oh crap now as a GM I gotta figure something out real quick holy water yeah yeah, you guys in that freaking fire hydrant (laughs)
3: I'm not the one who shot it. I'm the one who was hit by the demon and almost died. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, Any other questions? Anybody?
3: I saw you rising in the
2: back. Now's your chance.
0: Now's your chance. Rise to the challenge. Accept the gauntlet. Ah, (laughs) Ah, it's all right. (laughs) Hey, man, I was microphone shy the first time I sat down at a podcast, too, man. Like it's all right dude like the first time they're like open mic and i'm like oh i've definitely got something to say and i'm leaving the room which was funny because
3: we were at his house and i just showed up and he was like what 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 do you mean we're recording today
0: what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean yeah uh that was like halfway through season one he just shows up at my house and he's like yeah we're recording today i'm like what what
3: (laughs) thank god he had underwear on at least
0: It was July. You didn't call first. (laughs) And they were awake. It was my day off and I was not GMing. I can wear whatever magical undies I want. They were plus two. (laughs) Worth the bonuses? Well, no, they were plus two a Breeze because it was July. Come on.
3: (laughs) Sometimes you just
0: got to let a little gust of wind, you know, just chill you out a little bit and you know? even worse
3: this was right after they found black mold on someone's patio so they shut down the entire building's patios and his door opened two inches yeah and in a tiny little apartment
0: yeah that we were gaming for an entire summer in my tiny little apartment and i could only open the back door about three quarters of an inch
3: we were on a weekly gaming schedule six people
0: one living room seven. lots of funk wasn't oh, yeah, I like, was seven for a while, yeah. Yeah,
3: because there was there was a while that was.
0: Inch. I really don't count narcissist though half the time because you know he counts himself.
3: <laughs> well, and I was asleep half the time because that was the longest I would go without moving because my work was very
1: high intensity at the
0: time. That's true. That is true. Can I just say that seven people,
1: one one living room, lots of funk sounds like a really wild porn that I never want to touch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, you get it. I've been on the internet in those corners of the dark, horrible places and uh, never again. The things I do to look for storylines to amuse my players. (laughs) Hello, FBI. Right. Uh, I love that meme where it's like,
3: so do you get a new FBI agent every time you update your devices or do you have one FBI agent that follows you throughout all your stuff and sees how you grow and blossom and then arrests you? <laughs>
0: Usually they just recall in horror and send me an instant message. <laughs> okay, listen, we got the five minutes left. We're at about seven minutes until the end of the panel. Okay, seven minutes. Oh, that minutes. went by fast. Wow.
1: It did. It was short. Hey, well, time flies when you're having fun.
0: Time it's flies true. when you're having fun. So we are going to wrap up with final thoughts. This is normal. What we do on our series, like uh, you guys didn't, uh, we weren't here when we opened up. We usually open up with a intro topic, and then from there we just fly free range, and it's pretty normal. Except you guys have added in some input, which is kind of normal for us because we digress all over the place. But it's As, at the same time,
2: it's a welcome refresher. It like, is
0: a very welcome refresher, yes. Please,
2: please keep doing it. We love it. <sighs>
0: Feel mm-hmm. free to... We've got
3: cards out. You guys can get a hold of us anytime with emails, uh, social media. You're like, hey, I totally want to hear about this. Or I just had this weird experience. We'll read it on air. Tag you and just discuss.
1: Yeah. And,
3: All right. You know, that would be awesome. It would like,
0: be very awesome.
1: We're open to criticism, too. Just saying. We are. Or
0: Yeah, yeah we're open to criticism. And if you want to criticize, say... The moniker, yeah, it's yeah. always the moniker. I, I will read it out loud on air, yeah, because that's the kind of nice guy I am. I want him to know if I've made a mistake, and he should bear the brunt of it. Uh huh. So that's <laughs> the right. way we work.
2: You're
1: terrible.
0: I I am not. You guys elect- are like referring to him. Well, oh, you know yeah. what? I'll
1: cry for forty minutes, and then I'll get over it.
0: You'll, you'll cry for forty k. <laughs>
1: yes, I will. <laughs> All
0: right. So we are going to wrap Loses up Star Trek <laughs> with final thoughts. We paid it forward to somebody who has been important to our gaming lives. Uh, we've given out some gaming advice, so I think it's time to wrap up with, let's say, how would we end a epic adventure? Mm. Because we're going into season four, which is the end of an epic adventure for season three. So I would say that I would end an epic adventure by doing the absolute one thing that is a trope in every fantasy that you've never seen in roleplay. And I would end the adventure, the characters go through, they slay the big bad evil guy, they've defeated everybody, they walk out with all the gold, they get the praise, they've got a honey in each arm, you know, Mac Daddy pimp chains, they look like Mr. T walking out. They are having a great time. And the last part of the adventure to make sure that they get all of this stuff is they have to save a princess from a tower. Because you never see that in an actual game for DD, of actually rescuing a princess i have never seen that since i have started so i would end an epic campaign by going well you're going to rescue a princess from this tower and once the players do that be like congratulations here's the curtains your characters win you've now rescued the princess you are now lords of the land thanks to the king surprise i have just thrown a trope at you out of left field ding 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 (laughs) because they would not expect me to do a trope like that Certainly not after
2: an ad- adventure of your machination.
0: Especially not after one of my machinations.
2: This is the man, wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels. Wait, I'm
3: going to bet five bucks right now that the tower's made of uh, reanimated cadavers. Don't tempt
2: it.
0: I, I wouldn't say they're cadavers necessarily. They're still alive. <laughs> technically. There's the twist. Technically. I mean, if you look at it from a certain point of view. <laughs> Just saying!
2: Alright, alright.
0: Um, to end an
2: epic adventure, I think bringing proper closure to all of the characters' arcs is it's a little tricky to do because you have to really pay attention to your players. But over time, they will develop interest in character. They will develop what they want, what they need, where they're aiming to go after the task is done. So you have to find a way to do that. And they will write it for you. So, just giving them the closure, you know, that retirement phase, because it might not last long, but they should be allowed a couple of years apiece before things go completely tits up again.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see, as for me, for ending a campaign, I'm kind of a sap for old westerns and stuff, so I like it, you know, kind of like what Kaz was saying, all the characters, they tie up all their loose ends, you know they uh, maybe have one last night you know in the tavern reminiscing about all their adventures and how they've grown as people next day they ride off into the sunset into their own new legends and uh they become mythical figures with the deeds that they've done that's how i'd end
3: it i'd be a dick <laughs> <laughs> there's always some <laughs> so here's how it goes just because they put i me, like you already they put yeah. me through so much as their gm with them taking left turns every time there's no left turns they get to the final dungeon, all they have to do is step through this last door and everything will be made right in the world again. They step through that door. They step right back into the first inn. They're level one characters again. You're welcome.
0: I have trained you well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Oh, that's brilliant. But right. The world doesn't
0: scale with them. That no. is it. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that is it for the Blood Force Gamers, uh, episode one of season four with our live studio audience at RadCon. I thank you for attending and asking questions and yeah. making us actually think about stuff we don't normally think about because normally we're just freeform and we don't get that kind of interaction. So,
1: Yeah, you guys are a great audience. Let's give them yeah. a round of applause.
0: Round of applause <laughs> for the audience. Uh, Naturally, uh, you can find us on YouTube, Podbean, our own uh, website, www.bfggamershq.com, and many other sites that I'm still trying to figure out how we got on there, such as BitChute. Uh, iTunes, we're on iTunes as well. Yeah, we are on iTunes. For our
2: later stuff. For Um, our later stuff, Likewise with our website, which I think you added an extra letter, bfgamershq.com.
0: Dot com. Dot
2: com! Oh, wait. Wait.
0: No, well, we if they visit that. our YouTube or our Podbeam, they'll figure it out, or just type in Blunt Force Gamers into Google. It's easy peasy. The future! Yeah. <laughs> and with that, Game Goblin, back to my crypt.
1: Lord Dragon, back to the skies. Moniker, signing off. See ya.
3: Darth Blasphemous, signing off.
1: Are you ready? Bocon ever. You fucking tard! <laughs> <laughs>